Happy Halloween, Eleanor. Happy Halloween, <laughs> Loey. Bust out the Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Nightmare Before Christmas, all the Chucky <laughs> movies. Everybody wants to know, Loey, queen of like all things spook, what are you doing on Halloween? Well, I hope cuddling up with my bestie and the kitty cats and watching a bunch of scary movies. Since you're in town right now, though, I was thinking we could turn out the lights, light a candle, and talk about some of the spookier urban legends that we haven't even covered yet on the show. Babe, I am literally 10 steps ahead of you. As a cosplayer, typically, <laughs> typically I take Halloween entirely off and blob out to the mm. degree. But this year, I think we should do something special. This is going to be so fun. I got the idea for this when I was looking into the legend of the 1962 Halloween massacre. Uh, have you heard of that? Because I hadn't. I tragically have. I'm chronically online a little <laughs> bit too much. I remember that picture floating around a couple of years back. The one that tells the tale of a masked man who killed seven people with a kitchen knife at a costume party on Halloween 1962. He fled the scene never to be identified, captured, or brought to justice. Uh, yeah, that's the one. For the record, the story is not true, and I can't believe I'm the one saying Ooh. that at the start of the podcast. <laughs> it's Halloween. Keep it to yourself, Loie. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, no such murders were reported anywhere in the U.S. on Halloween of 1962. The story kind of just begins and ends with the picture. But I still love that I looked into it and that we're talking about it here because I was also thinking of another legend that I heard about the Bunny Man of Virginia. <laughs> I love it. My literal home turf. <laughs> I am so excited. It sounds like a cryptid, but it's something far it's something worse. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a cryptid, and unfortunately, it's just a man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, literally jump scare warning. <laughs> the scariest episode of all. <laughs> so maybe we can talk about the bunny man and then you and I can tell each other the spookiest urban legend we know. I am into this idea, Loie. You, me, two besties, three legends. Let's do it. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loey, your friendly neighborhood true believer who's ready to get spooky with you all tonight. And I am Eleanor, your perpetually stubborn skeptic. Together we are the Gruesome Twosome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for, we might scare ourselves into staying up all night, but one thing is for sure, we are glad to have you guys with us on the spookiest week of the the entire year. I'm so excited for this one. You tell yourself it's only a movie. None of this could ever happen to you. You feel relieved until you discover what you're watching is based on actual events. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa and Greg from the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. In our Halloween special, Real Horror, we're spotlighting three of the most iconic horror films of all time and telling the terrifying true stories that inspired them. Recovering the real influences behind characters like Ghostface from the 90s mega-hit Scream, Hannibal Lecter and Buffalo Bill from the Oscar-winning thriller The Silence of the Lambs, and Leatherface from the 70s cult classic The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
Enjoy Real Horror, the serial killer's three-part Halloween special. Listen to all three episodes the final week of October, free and only on Spotify. What is your favorite, like, Halloween motif or, like, Halloween Mm. trend or urban legend or anything like that? I feel like every Halloween comes with, like, a new spooky ooky. I know you probably remember the like killer clown. That was literally what I was going to say. When I think I was in high school for that, maybe middle school. Mm -hmm. But my favorite is my favorite, the razors and candy that used to scare me so badly as a little kid. I was just absolutely petrified of having a razor Uh in my Tootsie Roll and being like, this Tootsie Roll doesn't even taste good. It wasn't worth it. That used to petrify me. And it's based in reality. I used to think it about candy apples. Candy apples really scared me because I was convinced that I would bite in. Oh, yeah. And just die. I was also like genuinely a a boogeyman fearer. I had a closet at the foot of my bed. And for some reason, I convinced myself as a kid that Halloween was the time he could get me. And like, it was kind of a tee hee, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I was half hopeful, half fearful, but I have always loved the end of October. You and me both. I would say one of my favorite new kind of traditions, and it's something I do all year long, is playing spooky games. I love to play scary games. You know, I'm a big gamer and I like to play anything and everything I can get my hands on. And I promise there's a reason that I say this because we're starting off today talking about the bunny man. The bunny man's legend starts where every good urban legend starts, for better or worse, I guess, an insane asylum. The story goes that in 1904, there was an asylum not too far away from a bridge in Fairfax County, Virginia. And not too far from me. Uh, I had to say. I was going to say, not too far from the apartment we lived in together. Yes, we lived in Fairfax together for Mm -hmm. a little bit. It's like, (laughs) this bridge is also, you know, 10 minutes from where I grew up. So, maybe my boogeyman was the bunny man, and I knew (gasps) a little something to keep an eye out. Say it ain't so, say it ain't so. Although I would love a personal bunny man experience. <laughs> Local residents didn't like the idea of mental patients near their new homes. So they got the entire asylum shut down, apparently. And then all of the patients were taken by bus to a nearby prison. Then the bus taking the patients away swerved and crashed. Police were able to locate all the inmates that were on that bus, except for one. This escaped mental patient was a man named Douglas Griffin. After the crash, he disappeared. Weeks passed, and nobody could find him. But all throughout the woods, rabbit corpses began appearing. Then one Halloween night, a group of kids were hanging out underneath the bridge near the asylum. The kids saw some sort of a bright light, and then suddenly, they'd all been strung up like the bunnies, murdered in cold blood. Now, the rumor goes, if you come here to this bridge on Halloween night at midnight, you'll end up just like those kids and like those bunnies. If you were skeptical about the asylum story, you are so big brain bestie. However, shockingly, legitimately shockingly, this legend does have its roots in reality. It turns out that in some ways, the bunny man was in fact real. (gasps) I know. There's this guy named Brian Conley, who's an archivist for the Fairfax County government. 
In the 1990s, he worked for the county's library system as a historian, and people kept coming in and asking, Hey, dude, tell me about the bunny man. Hey, I heard this is where the bunny man lives. So Brian eventually, like, he takes the bait, right? And he starts digging. And to his absolute delight, he discovers that the bunny man is not entirely fictional. So here's what he found out. On October 18, 1970, the Washington Post reported that a man and his fiance were sitting in a car around midnight near the man's uncle's house when a, quote, man dressed in a white suit with long bunny ears appeared. The bunny man yelled at the couple that they were on private property, and then, zero to a million, he threw a hatchet through the front what? car window. I know. Like, number one, carrying it in the first place, my question is why? Luckily, neither of them was hurt, but two weeks later, the money man showed up again. He reared his little long-eared oh head about a block away from his original sighting, so he definitely has his digs. Mm -hmm. This time, he was seen on the front porch of a new but unoccupied house, once again holding a weapon, this time an axe. A security guard started talking to the bunny man, who responded by chopping his axe at a pole on the porch. Then he threatened the guard, saying, all you people trespass around here. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you on the head. This sounds like something out of American Horror Story. This sounds like something out of American Horror Story. Two quick things. One, we record in a studio that saves power when uh, no one's walking through the halls by turning off the hallway lights when it doesn't sense motion. And they just went off and I'm like, he's here. He's here. He's come for us. <laughs> Number two, I know I've told you about Dead by Daylight so many times, Ellie, but there is a character in Dead by Daylight named the Huntress, and she wears a bunny mask and she throws hatchets. Oh, love. And I never realized this was like the inspiration. Is it, Are hatchets and bunnies commonly associated? I, I don't know, think uh, so. <laughs> there's like a, what is it called? I think it's Yellow Jackets, the TV show Yellow Jackets. Mm. One of the characters in that show like butchers bunnies essentially with like a hatchet as well so i do wonder if there's some hmm. historical precedent for all of this media what if it actually just is the bunny man influencing the original influencer i love to think that he's the blueprint mm -hmm. and i i will grant him his flowers right now <laughs> brian continued to dig into the story and he tracked down the police and investigation reports that confirmed that the fairfax county police did indeed look for a man in his late teens or early 20s dressed as a bunny. Kind of cool to walk away from one of these urban legends, although we're not done yet, knowing that there is a modicum of truth for once. However, police were unable to turn up anything conclusive, writing, after a very extensive investigation into this and all other cases of the same nature, it is still unsubstantiated as to whether or not there really is a white rabbit. To this day, no one knows what the bunny man was or what motivated him. That sounds so ominous. I literally <laughs> love it. But one thing is for sure that the legends of the bunny man at this point have certainly overtaken the reality in the public's mind. As we now know, there was no murder. There was no asylum for the insane. There wasn't even a bridge. <gasps> I know. There's not even a bridge. I know. This is like the worst Aww. shocking turn of events. An absolutely tragic plot twist because of all the places we've talked about visiting. This one was conceivable. It was not only conceivable, it was 
probable within the next week. <laughs> Truly. I'm so sorry to disappoint. Even now, the Bunny Man legend has traveled far beyond Fairfax County. If you go online, you can find merch of all ilk. Bunny Man t-shirts, Bunny Man beer, YouTube videos all about the Bunny Man of Virginia. He is, in some ways, um, a bit of a cryptid himself. <laughs> the Bunny Man, as we know him, not even real. However, the bus to nowhere in Philadelphia. Now the same can't be said about that. Uh, excuse me, the what now? It's a bus that travels only at night, picking people up who are being tormented by something inside of themselves and won't let passengers off until they save their own souls. It's like a therapy bus. I was about to say, yeah, just stick the... <laughs> Maybe I need the bus to nowhere. <laughs> a little disassociation spell until someone deems I'm me ready. safe to re-enter society. I'm, I'm about to flag it down <laughs> with a quickness. Okay. I will make a deal with you. You talk about the bus to nowhere, and I'll tell you all about Haunted Riverdale Road in Colorado, a place that literally contains the gates to hell. Up next, Eleanor and I are going to scare ourselves into a coma with the stories of the bus to nowhere and Haunted Riverdale Road. So I know I promised you guys that the bus to nowhere in Philadelphia is real. What I mean by that is that we all lose our soul a little bit on the bus, Mm -hmm. right? However, there is a local urban legend that there's this special type of bus that has no destination. And as I said, it contains countless lost souls, some of whom have been riding the bus trapped for years. Now, some call it the bus to nowhere like we do. Others call it the wandering bus. And for some, it's merely bus zero. I am picturing the bus in Spongebob that takes him down to like what is it called you don't know what talk about the night bus and they went down to Glove World wasn't that what it was Glove Glove World World? yes oh the night bus is Harry Potter (laughs) bye I'm getting my (laughs) overnight buses confused no No, you're right no tell me you were thinking of Glove World Glove World yes okay okay, thank god a hundred percent now there are actual people who claim to have ridden this bus and they say that the destination marquee is blank never changing no routes no streets no destinations are ever displayed you seemingly just get to leave when you've solved your problems The driver, who never allows his face to be seen, always drives by somebody wants to see if they deserve to be on board. So it's kind of like, do you pass the test or not? Like, do you need the bus treatment? Certainly, we would be swept up within seconds. We wouldn't stand a chance. (laughs) He's looking for the souls that are a little sad. Have a little something to work through. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe something's happened in their lives, etc., etc. You get it. As you board, the atmosphere is spooky because... These aren't happy people, okay? And they've been on the bus for years. You notice that it's deathly quiet. Everyone is wrapped up in their own inner struggles. And why wouldn't you be? That is the only way to get off. Once seated, you are trapped. The journey begins. Those who remember what happened next say that almost immediately, they fell into a state of deep reflection. Each one of them was desperate to get far away, literally anywhere, from the pain and despair in their lives. Once the passengers were ready to face the world, they can get off the bus. My therapist recently told me, because we worked through that I was holding some serious baggage about an ex of mine, she worked through with me that I need to hold a funeral for him and burn the cord. Well, I I decided I wanted to burn the cord, like something representing the tie of our relationship. I think that the bus to nowhere sounds 
excellent. I couldn't agree more. I just want to go aggressively sob and dissociate and stare at nothing for like, well, okay, actually, before I go on, how long roughly do you think that this trip takes? Do we have any stories about that? I mean, it kind of depends. Much like therapy, some people can go in for mm. one session and they're like, I am healed and spiritually enlightened. And for some people, it's a lifelong struggle. So if you were to believe the people who say that they have ridden this bus to nowhere, some of them get off after a couple days. Some of them are on there for years. A lot of baggage to unpack. And obviously, there's no true evidence that this is a story. Um, it's an urban legend. It's just a spooky ooky. But I do love that for once, there's no like ghost. There's no dead little girl. There's no malevolent spirit. It's literally like the bus for betterment, just a place to chill out yeah. and get away from the world. Like, yes, Halloween turned that reputation around. I think this would be an amazing thing for both of us. I want to go right now. <laughs> so maybe that speaks more to my current mental state than the urban legend itself or both, <laughs> perhaps. Um, I love that. And I'm so glad you told me about it. Like, that's one of the most interesting urban legends I've ever heard of. Now, OK, we visited our homeland, our stomping grounds in Virginia. We have visited Philadelphia on bus at that. Now let's check on over to Colorado. I kind of feel bad going into this because my story is a tiny bit creepier. Let me tell you all about Riverdale Road. It's an 11 mile road that connects the towns of Brighton and Thornton in Colorado. It's also the home of not one, not two, not three, but multiple. Okay, multiple meaning more than three. Creepy stories. First, there's Joggers Hill. As you pass over the hill, you may see a transparent man in a cowboy hat and boots who locals say follows your car and taps on their doors and windows. There's also the Phantom Camaro, who challenges cars to a race and leads them right off a cliff near the road, and a hitchhiker in white who disappears into the night. There's all sorts of stuff going on on Riverdale Road. It's just like Riverdale the show. I was Nothing about makes to any say sense. There's the no through line. <laughs> <laughs> but the craziest legend about Riverdale Road is that it contains the literal gates of hell. The gates of hell are said to be an archway to nowhere that used to go to a mansion. Apparently, the man that lived there set his mansion on fire with his family asleep inside. The family perished in that fire, and the man was never seen again. But some people say he's the man in the cowboy hat, tapping on your car windows. When you first told me the story, I was like, this is surely an episode of season one of Supernatural, yep. and it absolutely can be nothing else. Where are Sam and Dean when you need them? <laughs> but I did decide to Google Riverdale Road, and it turns out, disturbingly, sadly, excitingly, perhaps, nobody died as a forewarning. But the fire actually happened. There was, in fact, a fire at the David Walpert House. Shocking, I know. At 1 a.m. on November 28, 1975, there was a home located on Riverdale Road that burst into flames. The two-story brick home was severely damaged, leaving remnants of walls as well as a smaller structure in the back. But again, like I said, nobody was thankfully killed. Nobody mm -hmm. was even injured. Very strange, though. The home at the time had nobody inside of it, but nobody also knows because of that why this fire started in the first place. Still, the stories about the fire spread around town because it was very dramatic. And over time, an entire story was created about why the fire started in the first place. 
like The Bunny Man, a creepy story emerged from something honestly much (laughs) less scary. Which of the urban legends that we talked about today are your favorite? I think I have to stick with my home state. I think I got to go Bunny Man. It's fascinating to me that it's real in Mm -hmm. some ways. I love history and I love the fact that this was like truly investigated by like, you know, like a passionate historian. I love the entire story and I love that it's a five minute walk from my childhood (laughs) home. What about you? Which one tickled your Halloween fancy? Oh my God. Once again, maybe a a, a nod to my own mental state, but the bus to nowhere, man. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so interesting because I don't know. Like, it's just such an interesting story. And there's a lot of people online who claim that they've been on the bus, who say they were too much in a trance, too too out of it, too not in their own bodies to, like, get any evidence or anything like that. Could we say that, like, the bus to nowhere is is almost metaphorical? I'm not a huge bus girl, but I was a subway girl in New York City, and I would often enter this, like, trance-like state and be looking yeah. around and be like, yo, these people have been subwaying for years. Like, man, for we're sure. all really out here. I feel like there is, like, kind of almost a, uh, something sweet about, like— or not sweet, I guess. It's actually really terrible. The idea that we're all trapped <laughs> in this endless cycle. <laughs> but I do think it's sweet that it's told told by people who have seemingly gotten off exclusively, who have improved their mental state and did it through this like commonly told urban legend. I think there's something cool about that. I do know what you mean about it being like kind of like a bittersweet almost sort of feeling though. Like when I'm on a plane with a bunch of people, it's like, well, we are all stuck here and we are all going to the same place. So I feel like people are always nicer on planes or always like Mm -hmm. more considerate and like friendlier and stuff like that. But I mean, maybe that's just me. Maybe probably a lot of people are not nice on planes. And it's the idea that we're all going to the same place, but we all have completely different things we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Like every oh single person's God. brain is doing something so entirely oh different, God. has a whole host of problems and baggage, and we're all just coexisting inches away from each other. So mayhaps the bus to nowhere is a trip within our own minds, a journey done through therapy and self-care, or, and hear me out, it's an acid trip that going <laughs> on. Psychedelics. We always get here at the end of IUL when it involves real humans seeing crazy shit. Am I right? Yeah, that's always an option mm. that, you know, a couple Philadelphians maybe <laughs> tried a substance or two and found themselves on the on bus, the bus to, nowhere. to nowhere, baby. <laughs> Down in Glove World and SpongeBob. That's right. Well, what do you guys think about this little Halloween babies? Do we believe in any of the urban legends that we talked about today? Which one was your favorite? Do you guys want to sit next to us on the bus to nowhere? Let us know all over social media with hashtag gruesome twosome. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loeybug and at Snitchery, especially this week for Halloween shenanigans. <laughs> and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast, Slash Management, and Ed Simpson. Fanny Baudry and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. 
Sound design by Ron Shapiro, with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Chelsea Parker, and is associate produced by Gitu Meira and Tracy Levy. Research and script writing provided by Jed Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor Barnes, a.k.a. The Gruesome Twosome. <laughs>